That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestle Mania. Alongside for the ride is a man that was supposed to be here, and then when he was supposed to debut, he got some type of other person to do it for him, JC. JC, welcome to the program. Oh my goodness, Nestle Mania. I don't care about anything else that happened this week. Eva Marie picks up the big win in her return to Monday Night Raw. What a win by Eva. What a re-debut by Eva. It was absolutely fantastic. Honestly, it was everything I could have hoped for and more. Uh, I, I, you and I are probably going to be on <laughs> opposite ends of some well, of this. Well, guess but... what, sucker? We're starting with the shine, and that's my biggest shine of the week. Because you know why I love this? Well, I was talking about it with our boy Dom in the thread. It was like we were talking about how much we love the Eva gimmick before she left. Or it's like she'd come out, and she wouldn't. Well, she, her entrance would happen, and she wouldn't wrestle. She had the voiceover guy, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, honestly, if they picked that up and did exactly the same thing, I'd be cool with it. And they did that, though, in a different way. They gave her a sidekick type thing who was uh, Piper Niven. I know they didn't want to mention her name in Raw because it seems like they're going to change her name and haven't uh, come up with that yet. So all you virgins can calm the fuck down. There's a leaked name, but who knows if it's true. Um, but I thought this was a great way to do something they did with her before, but do it differently. Because here's the thing about Eva, man. She's a walking heat magnet. And so it's just like, oh, my God, they did Naomi dirty. Okay, well, let's look at that. So if you're saying they did Naomi dirty, that means you think Piper Niven is trash. Which I don't think so, clearly, because she fucking dominated Naomi. And the way you sell it is like, it completely caught Naomi off guard, because she's supposed to be fighting Eva Marie. This was fucking genius booking. It was beautiful. The only problem I had with this segment is that it wasn't in front of a crowd, man. Imagine how good that could have been in front of a crowd. We're getting closer to that in the next, I think, month or so, right? In July. So I loved it. I thought it was cool. I think it's a great opportunity here for uh, Piper because she's someone who's been NXT UK, I think, for a couple years now. And um, she obviously is very talented. And I think this is a great way for her to debut because if she just, like, showed up and, like, was by herself, not sure if it would have done much. But pairing her with Eva, this is fucking genius, man. Win, 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 win. Home run. Grand slam. Love it. Give me more of it. I want this all night, every day. So we'll start with the positives. Uh, I'm a big fan of Piper, so that's awesome. Everybody that uh, you said, you know, they're worried about the blueberry name or whatever the hell they're gonna call her. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> I don't know whatever. It's like it's some weird it random. Was something, yeah, it was, it was something, something stupid like that. It's like who cares? She's on television. It's a name. She'll get over it. And she's better than that. She'll make it work. The second thing that I enjoyed was like Eva Marie is kind of like Roman Reigns having Jey Uso do all his battles. So you know, Piper's gonna do all, and that's fine. There, there's a good logic there. It, it perfectly. Works. I like that comparison. I like where you're going. The one thing I will say, the one, the one thing I will say that like kind of drove me up a wall is like, yeah, she looks good in in the gear, but we know the minute that that actual person has to wrestle, you're like, oh god, this is gonna be atrocious. So they're Don't gonna care. no, but they're gonna go, they're gonna go, they're, they're gonna go the the long long con here with just every time Piper is gonna do. But here's here's the big positive in my opinion for me is that you look at things where somebody's a heat magnet, right, and then they have somebody behind them. Inevitably, that person turns. That person is going to be super over. So in that aspect of life, not only is she kind of staying true to what she said in the promos that she's going to help elevate other people, but she's going to end up making Piper a star, which arguably you could say NXT UK may or may not have done. I mean, in, in that aspect of the UK, yes, she's very, very popular. But as a global thing, she'll be even you know even more more popular, I guess, is the best way to look at it. Let me let me put it, present it to you this way because I know a lot of people get mad because I think they look at it they look at Eva kind of the wrong way is that Eva legitimately like they know what they have in her they know her ability is lacking in the ring so she's essentially like she's a valet that they call a wrestler 
that so rarely wrestles. But here she is managing a new talent, a new talent who has a chance to be a powerhouse in this division, be a very big star in this division. And Eva's essentially her manager. Like, Eva's going to get in the ring at some point, obviously, that's where we're heading, whatever. But she's essentially is a manager, and that's how they're using it. So, like, I had, like, a hope prepared for this, but I'm going to use it now. Is Just think about it this way. This thing just keeps going, where Piper keeps wrestling for Eva and winning matches, and Eva takes the credit. Well, it comes to the point now where Eva's fighting for a title, but obviously Piper's fighting for the title. And Piper's going to win that title, and Eva's going to become the champion. That obviously is where the rift would probably start, because then you're in eventually where it'd be like, it'd be great if Eva never wrestled until she wrestled like Piper in like eight months, and then that's when she did it. But here's something else to think about, because I don't know if people are aware of this history. When Piper Niven debuted in NXT uh, UK, it was after Rhea had lost the title. And I believe they had a pretty decent, this is actually when I was still watching NXT UK Weekly, they had a Rhea Ripley-Piper-Niven feud. And they had some really good matches. It was physical, it was really good. So whether Rhea remains the champion or if Charlotte takes it away and they push Rhea over here, I think the Rhea-Piper history that they have laid down is also something very intriguing they can do. I would love it if Rhea remained the champion, and that's who Eva quote-unquote beat for the championship, because I think they could use that Piper in that Rhea history, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte won on Sunday, and Rhea, instead of her like losing momentum, they shoved her in a feud right here, so they have a couple routes to go, whether Rhea's the champion or not, but it's just something else to think about. I am excited for this. I'm assuming it's going to be a mini thing with Naomi the next few weeks, because Naomi's going to want to get her hands on Eva, and she's probably not, and Naomi's just going to be in the stepping stone in this scenario, but hey, you know what? Someone has to do it, so... It is what it is. See, I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I don't think Naomi's special. So when the people are like, oh, you're she doing her dirty. special. But in terms of like in-ring talent, I don't disagree with you with her. But like in terms of she has a very large fan base. She does. She always has and she always will. And I think that's what makes her special. And it's because she's so unique and different than the mold. And I think that's part of why she's popular. She's not going to be popular with the wrestling purists. Like no, of course and not. Some of the knocker boys who like to jerk off to Dave Meltzer five-star classics. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. Don't, don't put us all in the same, same boat. You're just trying to pander to you those people. You guys have a similar taste. That's not true. That's not true. I don't care about five oh, stars or six stars in the Tokyo. No, 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 no. Look, all I'm saying is this. Even Marie is never going to do anything important in terms of wrestling we both understand that portion of it but for me i think eventually it's going to run out either she's going to end up having to learn how to wrestle or she's going to be here for a short maybe term maybe she has you haven't seen her no that's what i'm saying like i'm just saying i'm just calm you calm yourself you need to pump never, the brakes never pump the brakes never, ever, what ever, i'm saying is she needs to learn how to wrestle if she has in the next four you know if she has in the four years she's been gone which i absolutely doubt or she gets better over time which is great because honestly this trick pony can only go so far and that's that. Unless she gets another well, heater to beat up Piper, go, which could happen. Go so far, like I said, like she's never going to be a wrestler's wrestler. That's just no, not. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Even if she gets better, it doesn't matter because she is pretty much she's a glorified manager. But she had. But the reason why she gets so much heat is because she's labeled a wrestler, and you get mad because she's going to be a wrestler. And that's why it's like the night the crowds come back, I want her to beat Rhea Ripley. Piper beat Rhea Ripley and hand that title to Eva Marie and Eva Marie raise it and be champion because, oh my God, those fucking boos, man. Those boos would fuel my soul for the rest of time. I think I think you're onto something there. I think that's definitely a point of, of, of contention for other people, but I get why she doesn't get liked by everybody, honestly. Um, you're a big, big honk for her. Uh, and yeah, I get, she's I get, polarizing. You should hate her. Yeah, I, you look, should hate her. I, you know, I, I, look, I think she's dollar signs personally for certain reasons. I do. I just, I'm worried about the longevity of this. That that that's my biggest problem for me. Is I I can get into it now, but after a while, then what? Like for instance, we talk about reruns on this program all the fucking time. Eventually, everything is going to consider, and in our eyes, at least some point, going to be a rerun. No. Yeah, I mean maybe, but I just think this. You're looking way too far. That's like looking at the beginning of like anything great and being like, oh my god, it's six months. We're gonna hate this. You know what I mean? Like, you, you can't look at shit like that. Right now, it's great. In the short term, it's going to be great. We'll see how they develop it over time. We don't know, but right now, it's fucking home run, grand slam, bases clearing, gajillion fucking hole-in-one, touchdown, game-winning field goal, fucking empty netter, doesn't matter. It's over, night-night, boom. 
And for all you non-wrestling or sports fans out there, at least more non-sports fans, what JC just said was basically everything that could ever happen in sports. Yeah, an orgasm. It was an orgasm, okay? It was your, it was your peak. That's what that was. Um, but WrestleMania, you know what else gave me an orgasm this week? My match of the week. We finally got it. They didn't advertise it, which is the only downside. RK Bro, New Day, they put him in the ring. They had three or four segments. I love this match. I wouldn't be surprised if we got it again on Sunday or next Monday because that's what WWE does. But uh, the big thing here is RK Bro picks up their first signature win as a tag team and is on track to, I think, eventually win those tag titles. The honor roll into the RKO was fantastic. I love that at the end. I don't, so the matches were always good. I, I feel like when I watch Kofi Kingston, though, I feel like he's he's so good at doing the aerial stuff. I think he overcalculates how high he gets and lands really like when I watch him land, I actually. I cringe for his kneecaps because I'm just like, ooh, that's it's not easy. But I mean, the, the whole match was great. It was fantastic. It was a great match for everybody to go back and watch. RK Bro got the big victory, you know. And and I, I think I liked more than anything, not necessarily the match as much as I liked the promo where Randy was kind of encouraging him to be Riddle. He's like, whatever the hell that means, you know. And that that's that was good because like before they had you know like in the earlier part of the promo Jeff Hardy four eyes, which made me giggle, and then. You know, Randy doing the whole, like, you know, being Randy, but Jeff Hardy was saying you got to trust the Viper because, you know, he's he's been around forever. He's done everything. Like, he's seen it four times over. He's going to know it. And the, the fact that, like, this is what I love is, like, they're putting the trust in somebody that inevitably is a characteristic of a Viper that you can't trust. So you know that they're setting it up, but it's such a nice pull slingshot, right, where you know inevitably you're going to snap it back and it's going to go flying. But the tension that is being built, right, from a story point standpoint, is so much better than the matches, in my opinion. And the matches are great. The calculation that they've done it in these matches with New Day, especially Xavier Woods, has come completely out of his shell, uh, in my opinion. But we knew Randy was great. We knew Kofi was great. We knew Riddle had this kind of je ne sais quoi. Like, it just, we can't explain it. He just has something. And when I watch this kind of unfold, I think to myself, I am so curious to see how the crowd responds to RK Bro. Because honestly, in my opinion, if it goes over like gangbusters, this is going to be a giant tidal wave. But there, I don't know how this is going to be racked, which is why I'm fascinated by it. There is a chance that people don't like this. It, it, I don't know why, but I, uh, I'm curious. I'm I curious. Feel... I, I, the general public will love it. I think, the hardcore I think fans right, may not. I think right now it is a Grand Slam home run. In a month or so, when crowds return, who knows if it's changed? Because as we've seen, things can sour. This has been so good for however long this is going, month, month and a half. Like, if right now I think it would be on fire. It'd be like one of the biggest things, like whatever. But like, I, I mean, if they can find a way to save their title shot to when there's crowds, I think it'll be good. But if they're already champions when crowds return, I think the potential of what the pop could be won't be as high. But I do think that this is going to be over like Rover. Like, it just, it's, it's just like, it's so good. Like you said, it's like the matches are amazing. But they're like the secondary part of it because those backstage segments, like, WWE does so many backstage segments, and most are fine. Some are good, some are terrible. But these, like, every single thing that Riddle has been in backstage for the last two, three, four months, all of 2021, however long it's been, have been fucking out of the park greatness. Like, it's just, they're so good. They're entertaining. They're funny. The dude just has that extra little bit of charisma. Like, you just, you can't teach. He's just there. And he's so unique that there's no one like him. So it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like it gets stale. It doesn't feel like it's forced. It just, because it's literally who he is. And like you said, everything said about Orton is correct. But it's just, they're finding different ways every week to make it interesting. I am curious to see, though, like you said, what it's like when the crowds return. Because... There's only so far you can go with these odd couple things, I think. And right now, they're, like, hitting on all cylinders. But if they can find a way to keep it interesting, drag out that title shot to when crowds come back, I think that's the money spot. I think they're going that route as well. I think the money in the bank is kind of a, the big launching pad for a lot of things that are going to happen here. I, I think they're – and that's the part that I'm frustrated with, especially on Monday. Monday felt like they were not even going through the motions. It felt like a guy that was, like – at the park, and I only say this because I saw this this morning when I, was, when I was taking my kids to the park, a dad on his phone, not looking at his kid, pushing a swing. That's how I felt watching Raw. Like, nobody cares. We're just maintaining momentum, whatever that means, until we get to a certain point, maybe the pay-per-view, maybe when crowds come back. Because in my portion of a lot of Raw, 
I mean, it, it gave me a nutty, like not in a good way well, either. I'm glad you brought that up because those two things were my best parts of Raw. The only other thing uh, was a very minor thing that I'm going to mention and then move to SmackDown, which I thought overall was a great show. Uh, spoiler alert, I don't really have heat from SmackDown. There's some things that whatever, but uh, Mandy and Dana backstage. Tag titles coming their way, baby. Always in the shine, Mandy Rose. We had just SmackDown, though. When we talk about SmackDown WrestleMania, it's led the show the last couple weeks, but those two things that we kicked off with were too good not to. It's fucking Roman Reigns, Jimmy Uso, Jey Uso stuff. Just so good. We kick off Jimmy Uso heads up to the ring, and like Roman, not too happy about it because he was talking with Jay, and he's like, boy, oh, he can't do that. He calls out Roman. Uh, Jay tells him backstage that he stands with the tribal tree. Friends confronts Jimmy later in the Uso locker room. They made a big deal about that, which I thought was cool. Hold on, uh, hold on. Before you even... having to go and see someone. I was going to say, pump the brakes because my favorite part of this so far is when he goes, your locker room. Yo, wait, yeah, 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 let's go to your locker room. And he just he goes, what does it say? Roman Reigns' cousin locker room? Like, I just, I burst out laughing when he was like, come on, come on. I'll go to your locker room. Like, the it's fact that so good. he just, here's, here's what I'm nervous about, too, is like, and I, depending on how you feel about it, Roman is doing such great work. Again, when the crowds come back, I feel like there's going to be a knee-jerk reaction to turn him a baby face, and I don't want it. Like, there's no, there's he, no, uh, there's no portion to make him a babyface anymore. He's just, he's, he's in that John Cena feeling of like, yeah, well, he's just gonna create a reaction. Like, don't change don't anything. Gonna, I, that's, that's why I don't think they're gonna do it. They're not, they're not that dumb because he's gonna get the mix. There's gonna be some crowds where he's gonna be fucking cheered, which is banana land to think about from where we were when crowds left. But it's just like that's how fucking good he's been. But I think overall, like, kids are probably that's the thing. Kids are probably gonna be booing him now um, and stuff. So that means their parents are gonna boo. So I think. It'll be pretty even out. It's just going to depend on how smarky the crowd can be. Um, but I think it's it's going to be fine. Um, they're not. They don't need to do anything to this character. I don't think. I think Roman Reigns has so much power and creative control behind the scenes too now that they're, if, even if Vince was like, "Oh, Roman, we're going to make you a good guy," he's going to look at him and be like, "No, you're not, motherfucker." <laughs> it's just like he's going to fucking ooh right in his face. I think, I think he's one of those guys. There's a very short list of guys that can be like literally be like no. And I think Roman, he's. This guy wasn't, like, brought up in the business, but he gets the business. He's learned in the business. He's lived the business since he's gone here and made it his life. Uh, and that's why this storyline is so great, because it is family. And people, you know, they made you want it. Ray obviously called out Reigns. They're meeting inside Hell in a Cell this Sunday. We'll predict that later in the show. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. If you would have told me, like, a couple months ago, hey, Ray Mysterio versus Roman Reigns for the title, I would have been like, don't care. Guess what? I fucking care. Because they made you care. Because there's a story behind it, a story that makes sense behind it, and there's so many moving parts. Not just the simple thing of he's trying to get revenge for his fucking son getting the shit kicked out of him and Reigns being an asshole, but the moving parts of the Usos and the periphery and them wanting the tag titles and now Reigns fighting one of the tag champions and how's it going to react with Jimmy? It's just there's so many fucking moving parts in this feud that it continues to be the best part of SmackDown and why I think SmackDown has steadily been getting back closer to what it was um, in 2020, my favorite part was watching Dom get powerbombed to the outside. Like I, I, I could, I could watch that clip over and over and over and over again. It just, I know he's great at selling. He's a stud. I mean, so I, it's it's a head scratcher to me. Like I get why we're doing the Ray thing, but it was just, it's a little. It seems like a little forced in in, in some fashion. Like I get, yeah. like I, I can connect the dots with it, but I'm more intrigued. It's it's odd because like, so here's here's the part where the thread falls apart for me, right? So we're in the middle of this USO thing. And I get it because this is the first time we kind of look at Jay Uso as a sympathetic figure because he's in the middle, right? So you're kind of thawing on the whole like main event Jay Uso thing. He's like, no, he's a person. You know, that's great because your brother wants you here and Roman wants you there. But then the, the whole thing at the end, like where they're, they're there and like Jay's like, I'm out. And then he yells at Jimmy like, why would you do that to your brother? Like the way that it, the way that it came across to me, it was fine. I'd still say it was like, you know, a good triple. It wasn't a home run the way they did it because it made me feel like the onus was all on, you know, Jimmy. Like, Jimmy did all this. Jimmy did all that. And, like, I get what they're doing in a manipulation standpoint. Like, I totally understand that. But I felt like it could have been conveyed a little bit more. Like, just they could have lathered it on a little bit differently because I think there's a nuance to it that really made some disconnect there where it felt like, well, no, you go fix your brother because he's your brother. You're his brother's keeper, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, it was like, okay for Roman to go deal with fucking Rey Mysterio and do his dance moves in the ring or whatever. Like, 
It was a little odd. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was a little odd. Uh, big shout out to our boy Ray Ray, who says that's uh, his dance moves when the, the guitar riff of the Jabberknocker starts. But I just, there's something about it that really bothered me in that aspect of it, where I know I'm, I'm nitpicking because it's still an amazing story. But there are certain points where I know there's going to be like peaks and valleys that make sense and, and get better and better. But I mean, honestly, when we get, I'm a little, I'm a little shocked and I'm sure on Friday they'll cover all their bases that it's a universal championship because I don't think it matters that the universal championship, this is more about a family problem. Yeah, but it's for the universal championship. It's, a, it's another notch in Roman's belt. It's just like, hey, you're a baby face on SmackDown. You're going on the belt. It's race turn. You're going on the belt. You're going on the belt. You're, you're like little, you're little notch like, on like the Bray, old belt. Bray, Bray used to plaster pictures of people behind him with their exes marked out. They go on Roman's belt when they lose. And he has a big fucking belt, and there's a lot of names already on it, including almost everyone on SmackDown. So it's just raise the next one up. Oh, you're a big name? You're a big baby face? Notch on the belt. All right. Well, that's all we're going to say about that. I'm going to tell you something that I thoroughly enjoyed. I don't think you had enjoyed it at all. I don't really care. Is I think this is one of the best segments in the, in the, in the whole week by far. Ding dong. Hello. I loved watching Bailey and Seth trade laughter and uh, they were talking about how, how great each other were. Then they cut to the fucking B-roll and then of course the, the bell rang which for me I, w- I didn't expect which is stupid I know. But then Cesaro uh, as they open the door he just beats the hell out of Rollins. He gets out of Dodge. Beats up all the set and Bailey's like why would you do this? Why would you do that? And then you know Belair dares a thing which doesn't matter to me. But up until Belair Hook, line, and sinker, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was a great creative way to move the parts that I've been fatigued by for a little bit, at least with the Bel Air Bailey thing or the Bianca or whatever they call it, Balanca uh, thing, which I thought it was great. Seth does really great stuff with the ha-ha, with the laugh, and the fake admiration. And then Bailey does great with the fake hosting kind of thing, but not really caring, sucking up to the heel. There's a lot of good stuff there, and I think... This is a great way to get, you know, inject Cesaro back into the swing of things, no pun intended, and get going. <laughs> get things going. Get it going again. So, because me, I'm excited for Cesaro. Let's not lose that momentum, please. Like, let's keep that traction, at least something. And I think Seth Rollins is great. And I don't know, like, I just, I thoroughly, I, I, I thought this was going to be a throwaway. I thought this was going to be a complete fast forward for me. This ended up being one of my favorite things of the week. And honestly, tell, like in in some of the crap we've seen over the years, I thought this was literally could have been top ten in the last three years by far. Oh, that's high praise. I don't know if we're going to go that far, but I liked it. I think the minute that I realized this is going to be like Bailey and Seth fighting off each other, their characters are so similar in terms of like the ego and the delusions and the asshole nature, like match made in heaven. Hey, the one thing that came across my mind when I was watching this would be like, man, if there was a mixed match challenge, they would be a really fun team. Like, that was the one thing about that tournament. For the most part, it was a waste of time. But there were a lot of fun random pairings. Like, that's how, like, the Braun and Alexa thing became such a fun thing there with the call back to it. So, that just was one thing. I was like, oh, if they ever do that again, they'd be a fun team. But I think you're right about the Cesaro thing. Because here's the thing. I know a lot of people were, have been pretty fatigued by Seth and Cesaro because I think they fought, what, two times now? Yeah. But both times they fought, I've loved the matches. And I, for the most part, love the feuds. So, I don't mind, like I've said before, like, them getting back together and running it back. And I think this is a nice way... Like you said, to bring it in, keep it fresh, give it that little shot in the arm. We know Bailey Bianca kind of need the shot in the arm too, so I don't disagree with anything you said. I thought it was a fun little segment. Uh, didn't love it as much as you did, but I thought it got the job done. You know what else got the job done this week, WrestleMania? When I'm looking at SmackDown, and the reason why I loved it in 2020 and 2019 was the little things. Well, there's a couple little things in this. You know what SmackDown does? They don't give shit up right away, so then it isn't the same match six weeks in a row. On, like it is that's, on hold on, that's bullshit. Cause that's bullshit because they do they do the Tom and Jerry, Baron Corbin, King, and uh, Nakamura before. Well, that, that is the only one. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Street Profits and the American Alpha. They're, or they're, whatever the hell they're called now. With the team, the fucking whatever. The Alpha Alphas. Academy? The Alpha Academy. There was. I'm blanking. There's so been so many Alpha names with Chad Gable. I can't keep them straight. But you know what? Instead of just giving us the tag match, we're getting a slow burn in this fucking sea feud, which I'm okay with. And we end, by the way, we got Chad Gable versus Montez ah, Ford fun. in a singles match. Pew, 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 pew. Straight fire, homie. Obviously, Otis, who's now shaved, which if you want to bring up heat, shaved Otis is fucking whatever. I guess he looks like a heel because I hate it. So exactly. Whatever. He's doing his job. I know, but I was just like, ugh. 
But besides that, I thought this was well done. It's getting the slow burn. We got that singles match, which was a lot of fun. So I, again, it was a, this is what separated SmackDown when it got better, is they find ways to do this with some of their side feuds. So they're just as interesting. Instead of just wanting to watch Roman Reigns, I now want to watch this. I want to watch Cesaro. They got me a little more interested in uh, Bay Lanka and everything else going on. So this is just another one of those little things that SmackDown does well. Uh, yeah, I agree with you that the match was great. The ending was terrible. So it made me so mad that it's just like, there's another match that was fantastic that got ruined by Otis. You know, like... It's, it's exactly... a TV match. Half of them get ruined by the end. Half? More like three quarters. 95%. This past Raw... Whatever. This past TV Raw was match, atrocious. Bro. Well, that's why we're not talking about Raw. I only got one more thing on SmackDown. Go for it. And that is, you know what? So, you know, we complain about 50-50 booking a lot of the time because it doesn't feel natural. Well, this one felt natural. Liv Morgan, big win against Carmella, but Mella used the great Greg Hamilton to get herself over at the end. So I'm like, you know what? Liv got the win, which she needed to win. The uh, reports of her demise were drastically overrated, so fuck y'all. And uh, Carmella, she's the type of character that can take L's because after the match, she gets it all back just like that. Very simple, not hard, but again, another minor win. Well, we know where I want to go with Carmella there. I think that the uh, the mask needs to happen, so that's... That's where I'm hoping. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't think you're getting that. Well, hey, if it does, banner day for Ness. That's all I gotta Especially say. Especially since um, there's a certain guy on Raw who I don't think he was on this week, but the week before was wearing a mask. So, Stella. Yeah, the, mask Stella. So you know what? I'll save it for whatever. But when I was watching Raw, all I could think about was, you know what's missing? Sheamus. Like that's a, yeah. it came across so much to me. Especially that third hour, I was dragging, dragging. I figured I would. I was surprised to see him last week because I was figured he might miss a week or two here and there. So maybe he came back last week and then. Just this week, maybe he had to get something done. Who knows? But uh, I would think that the feud with Shimmy and Ricochet is ongoing. Well, there's no momentum there anyway. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Not, not at it's all. It's Raw. Is there ever any momentum on Raw besides Eva Marie and uh, RK Bro? No. Well, the fact that you're lumping her in with that is egregious, but that's fine. It's not even close. I mean, it's 100% close. Two best things of the week. Boom. Boom, boom. Ding dong. Hello, Adam. I'm Who the sure fuck is Adam? You. Who the fuck is yeah. Adam, Josh? Who's that? I just wants to say, who the fuck is Josh? Who the fuck are you? Huh? I'm not going to give you what you want. Give me what I want! Is there anything else that's positive or you want to no! get negative? Get him off my TV, get him off my TV, get him off my TV. I got to start with a bunch of things that bother me, folks. I got to get it off my little beady chest. I am just beyond upset. Lily is taking a sabbatical because you know that it's going to get booed out of the building. <laughs> JC put Pump it, it up louder. Pump it up louder. Get that fucking dog out of here. It was still in the Titan Tron, though. Oh, the I know. Titan Tron was all Lily. Oh, I know, I know. I just, it, just the fact that it was just with the way she said it. She goes with WWE going out. She deserves a timeout. And all I could think about was, why the fuck didn't you make that decision before? Like, have you met WWE Rob? No, but it was just like, did somebody? Somebody was throwing pencils in the ceiling and went, oh shit, the crowd's gonna hate this doll. Even though we booked this match, just they listen to the knocker. They oh know we God. hate the fucking doll. They're like, "Oh, Nestle, he likes it." Then we're definitely wrong about this doll. Hey, hey, you know what? If I can talk some sense to people, then I must be doing my job. But they listened well, to you, is what they really did. They really listened to they you. They listened to me and didn't listen to you, and you know it kind of goes together. Birds of a feather. So we're opposites. We're like magnets. How do magnets work? I don't know. Ask the ICP. You probably never even seen that song or heard that song by ICP. How do magnets work? Google it. Uh, uh, former coworker, your former coworker, my current coworker, Sean, big ICP guy. He is. We talked about, That's uh, all his, I know about his Juggalo experience. Uh, he he sure has, he has some great stories. Ask him, ask him about his ex- uh, sidebar. Ask, him, ask Sean about his experience about how he went to the Juggalo concert with his dad. It's the, one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my life. Legitimately. It's a, I'll it's, save it for when we have to return to the office. It's pretty awesome. He's a great guy. Anyway, let's move on. Um, I was very upset with that. Then the whole Shane is getting a shot, but she's fine. Don't worry about it. Then we get to, you know, Charlotte and Nikki wasting my time with a countout because who gives a fuck? That's the first of two countouts in the night. We'll go later on to another countout because why the fuck not? The whole main event, by the way, with, you know, the history teacher, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> then it turned into a six-man Then it turned into a six-man tag. Oh, it was Nestle Bingo, baby. <laughs> I was so angry. I was so angry. I was, so let me, just, let me just strategize this entire thing. We had two countouts. Right? Like, nobody cares. We had a DQ. We had, like, a bunch of random jobber things with Jeff Hardy and then Cedric. Jeff Hardy lost in one, baby. And then he won in the other one, which he didn't retire, which is fine. And it's just like, 
I just my head wanted to explode with that god awful history lesson in the middle of this thing. It was like an idiot he sandwich. Sucks. He it, sucks. The whole thing sucks. Drew, Drew McIntyre, curl him up in a ball, put him in a potato gun, and launch him back to NXT UK, but don't let him show up for three months. Let the motherfucker rest. Let him rest. I just, I'm so fucking done with you, Drew. And the crowds are going to come back. If they fucking trot out this schlawny sword waving motherfucker, he's going to get booed because we're all sick of him. And he doesn't deserve that because he helped carry that fucking big schlawn during the worst time. Give him some fucking time off. After he loses to Bobby, get him the fuck out of here for a while. For the love of God, for our sake, my eye's sake, my ear's sake, my fucking brain's sake, and his sake. Get him out of here. What would you say? Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. But seriously, get him off my TV. I can't tell you when he talked about William Wallace. I went, William Wallace is going to be so upset about this. William Wallace is going to climb out of his grave and smack him. Because none of this, like, who, let me tell you right now. And I know this because this is me. This is a personality trait I have. I start talking, people drone out, right? That's just what it is. So when he starts talking, I drone out. I went, he ta- here he goes off on a friggin' tangent again where he's talking about some random Scottish. If he was in a bar with scotch or whatever his, you know, t- drink of choice would be talking about this stuff, I'd still find it boring. There's nothing you can do to make this unboring to me. You can't. And honestly, the, you saddled him with this history lesson last week. Then he did it again. And it's just on top of it, when I saw that there was like 40 minutes left in the show and he trudged out with his sword. I went, holy fuck, there's 40 minutes left. And then, of course, the Viking Raiders come out, which I don't actually mind the pairing of the slongy short, the slong, I can't even say it, slongy sword with the Viking Raiders. Makes sense. Does it, though? Because the fucking Vikings invaded Scotland and, like, took all their land and had big battles. Okay, so maybe there's a Pearl Harbor job happening here. I don't know. Oh, interesting. But anyway... Maybe Seamus becomes friends with him again. That's the whole thing. But anyway. I've watched way too many Viking shows. That's why. Yeah, probably with Edge, right? Uh, He was like the worst part of that show. He sucked. Oh, everybody says When he joined is when the show went downhill. Oof. Hot take. Yeah. No, but look, my my brain, like, I couldn't deal with, like, Charlotte and Nikki's count out. Riker and, uh, you want to talk about a run back, rerun. Then, like, it's just the whole thing with, like, Riker's definitely going to get booed out of the building because he's Riker. I don't get it, man. The Viking I don't Ra- get what they're thinking. The Viking Raiders, I love them, but they're going to get, like, no reaction. And it's just AJ they're and Omos is They're served up on a plate. They're like, hey, here AJ and Omos. Have some slaw. Eat it up. Spit it out. Move on. Which, whatever. It's fine. Fine. They're transitional challengers. The, fine. Uh, like, Reginald's getting hypnotized by Alexa. You know, that's what a, whatever. It's a, it's a whole thing. Which I'm sure will come into play on Sunday at some point because... So here's here's the issue that I have with this. And this is why I didn't like that they booked Alexa versus Nia on Raw. Is I have a feeling once they're through with Alexa and Shayna, we're going to have an Alexa and Nia feud with Reginald being a center point. So this is the issue I have with Raw a lot of the times is they gave us this match and then they're going to try to sell this match as like a pay-per-view match probably in two months. And there's going to be a reason why I'm not going to care because they fucking had it randomly as a shoe-in on Raw. I don't care about the finish whatever. Just like... I, this is this is why it kills me. It kills me. That just, ugh. And yeah, the, the hypnotism thing. I mean, who the fuck knows? I mean, Alexa clearly has more powers than Bray, as we're seeing, which is crazy. So, oh, Bray has the power enough to realize shit's bad. I'm gonna stay home. So good for him. You know? Yeah, that's not the reason, but no, I know. I'm trying to make up a reason. Obviously, I'm just saying <laughs> it's better off. I mean, like I looked a lot like Johnny Dripstick, so unsung hero. But like, that's it. Like. Move on. <laughs> He's a drip second. It that's was it. fine. This, this whole thing, like, was it, did I enjoy it? No, but it wasn't like the Morrison beat Hardy, whatever. They got their thing. Cedric comes out with his yelling, talking shit, whatever. Hardy randomly being like, I'll retire if I can't beat you. And I'm like, wouldn't this get the internet's panties in a bunch if he lost a raw match to Cedric and retired? But obviously he won. They have their feuding right now, whatever. It's just like, I didn't love it, but I'm not going to sit here and bury it with this other bullshit. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure I've, the internet lost their minds that, you know, Rhea beat Asuka for 400th time, it felt like. People said this match was good. I wouldn't tell you because the minute I saw that was a match, that thing got the lightning 60x, fucking 32x. Like, there was no way I was watching this match again. If it was good, fine. 
It is like, you look up rerun in the dictionary, it's Charlotte and Oscar now. It's like Shaq not playing. It doesn't go away. <laughs> that's a joke for five people, but that's fine. <laughs> Shaq not playing file. Uh, look, I just, I'm so exhausted by Rhea Ripley. I'm ex- I'm more exhausted with Asuka. I'm exhausted by Charlotte, Nikki Cross. The whole thing is just, that, that foursome is just, I can't do it. I like I literally You need even... Eva. You need Eva as champion to save the Raw Women's Division. That's pretty much what you're saying because you said you're fatigued with the whole no, Raw I would Women's rather division. I would rather so watch Nia Jax. I would rather watch Nia Jax. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You're not. You can you can watch her lose to Eva via Piper Niven. Nia Nia Jax is better than Eva Marie. You're an idiot. No. No one would agree with you on that. Get out of here. No, I look I'm Fake t- news. Sad. No, you're sad, no I can sad, I can mute you, sad, you know. Erroneous. Erroneous. Strike that from the record. Strike it from the record. Cut, cut, cut that out, intern. We don't need Nessa looking like a jabroni on this program. (laughs) When did we get an intern? I thought he left. (laughs) I don't know. I just hired one, apparently. Oh, apparently. Uh, Look, I don't really have anything else on, uh, on Raw. I think we kind of exhausted all of our options there. I was confused by the tag match with the IC title kind of thing on SmackDown with all these guys kind of doing whatever. Sami Zayn loses. Next week, it's Aziz. God bless you. And uh, Apollo versus KO and E, which I don't understand at all if they're all trying to vie it's for the IC title. It's your boy's debut. It's your boy's debut. Commander's debut. In-ring debut. This, I, I don't know anymore. I don't even know what to say. What do you, what do you say to it's this? Fine. It's, it, what, this is one of those things, like I said on SmackDown. I didn't have a problem with it. I understood it was filler. It wasn't terrible because everyone involved I like. So I was just like, eh, whatever. It was whatever. Whatever. This was a tread water week for that feud. Speaking of treading water, can you sell me on why Shinsuke Nakamura, Boggs, or Boogs, and uh, Corbin doing this Tom and Jerry bit for like the 400th time is still a thing? Like, do you actually enjoy this? Because. Do you know? Honestly, enjoy- do you enjoy I, it? I, right I, now. I was, I was enjoying it, but obviously it's getting a little repetitive, and this is usually the point where you need to mix it up. But this is like you referenced earlier. This is the raw creative team got a hold of this feud um, <laughs> because they're just like, oh, yeah. People like the boobs. People like Knock. People boo Corbin. Just run it back. Keep running it back. People are going to be like, boobs. You know, so it just, it's, they have a little work to do on this one. And next week, I believe if the Shinke, Shinsuke wins, he's the he's the king. Yeah. So hopefully that's the this end over. Of it. It's over. It's over. Hopefully. The fact, the fact that we've done this four weeks in a row is, is mind-boggling. It's not mind-boggling, actually. It, it's, it's, it's sad. It's sad. I, it's not, it's. It is what it is. It's WWE. <laughs> it happens, unfortunately, with some of this stuff. That's why I was praising the other feuds because I'm like whispering in their ear, "Hey WWE, hey Vince, this is this is good. Other stuff that I'm not talking about, bad. Make it better." Somebody's gonna be listening to this, going, "Are oh, we gonna do more Shinsuke, Tom and Jerry? Yeah, yeah, that'll be good." That's only yeah. I don't know who they're listening to if they think that. So. I mean, if he's a Shinsuke, like, if he has the crown and stuff, now what? Like, what, what does he do? He's King Nakamura, and he right. has boobs, and he moves on to feud probably with Apollo. Because we've never seen that before, but is it? You know what? It's what it is. Until there's a draft, it's all technical, baby. Maybe they'll feed Nakamura to Roman Reigns and Money in the Bank. Who knows? Now they're not on the belt. Hey, Roman beat him before, but he didn't beat the King Nakamura. Another notch, baby. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about on SmackDown. Is building up baby faces to fucking get smacked down by Roman Reigns. Nothing wrong with that, because eventually one of them's gonna get lucky and win. So whatever. At least they're building people. It's better than not building people and just throwing them in like Raw does. So Yeah, I, I can't for the life of me understand what the fuck's gonna go on. I really don't. Cause I'm watching I, I especially Raw specifically, I watched that program and I was I thought this was one of the worst Raws I've ever seen. Like top to bottom. It wasn't, I mean, it's hard to say that because I feel like we want to say that on Raw every week, but it's just, it's like Raw it's, is what it is every week. There's a couple segments that are like, oh, wow, this is fun, but it's surrounded by two hours and 15 minutes of absolute dog shit, so it just feels like you're fucking trudging through mud, you know, because there's only a few rocks for you to step on. You feel great on those rocks, but you forget about it because they fell in the mud 18,000 times, so that's Raw. It's quicksand. Okay. Would you like to get hopeful? Let's uh, dust this, uh, you know, away. <laughs> You're my only hope. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? No, I want you to go first, because I think mine transitions better to a comeback. Fine. Uh, so, <laughs> when did you start hosting the show? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, always. Yeah, always. Listen. I am the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. 
Have you seen that? Never mind. It's a great gif. If you ever type in I'm the captain now, it's a great gif. It shows like Captain Crunch and shit. It's awesome. Go check it out on Twitter. Um, so my hope is very specific. MVP talking to Kofi Kingston. Now everybody, especially our boy Dom was like, oh man, I want to see Kofi Kingston in the Hurt Business. Oh, I want to see, you know, maybe Xavier Woods becomes part of the Hurt Business, whatever. Which is fine if that does happen. But I would like to go a different route. I would like to go to do something different. What I would like to do this is going to be banana land, and you're going to think I'm fucking nuts, and that's fine because you already do. I think Kofi Kingston needs a fair shake. I want to see Kofi Kingston become WWE champion again. Because, yeah, he won in this big monumental title wave at WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 35, and it was a great moment, probably one of the best moments in, in any wrestling history, WrestleMania history, whatever you want to talk about. Even black history, it's a huge moment in general. But I don't want that to be the one thing for him. He deserves another title run. He deserves to lose it again in less than seven seconds. So this is what I would like to see. I would like to see a feud between Kofi Kingston and Lashley. But it starts as Kofi Kingston saying goodbye to Xavier Woods and saying, man, I got to go do me. Like making them believe that he's part of the Hurt Business. And then finally somehow Kofi can use that leverage of being part of the Hurt Business and then transfer it into a joke or a, a swerve on Lashley and MVP for them not listening and then getting his match against Lashley where he inevitably beats Lashley but I just feel like if that's going to happen it has to happen before SummerSlam but that's my hope because I think that having Kofi pull one over and inserting himself into the WWE championship picture is inevitable especially with why they're kind of doing this back and forth thing I just I really really think that Kofi Kingston deserves a real shot again like another and I mean like I'm, what I mean real shot is what I mean getting another shot at being the champion and losing it like valiantly instead of seven seconds. Because we all felt like he got, he, you want to talk about dirty, like that's done dirty. And we understand that was a transaction more than a match, that one. So for me, having Kofi Kingston kind of try to align himself with the higher business and then foil it and get himself in and maybe even win, even if it's for a night and then loses it back to Lashley, I'm okay with it. But at least let him die on a sword and let him be Kofi Kingston, positive guy, making the best out of a bad situation because I think him losing a, a title like in a real effort versus seven seconds or eight seconds, that's going to be his legacy sometimes. When they say Kofi Mania, you're going to remember that ending. And I think that's a bad taste for a lot of people considering how wonderful that reign was and how magical that time was. So that's my hope. I don't disagree, but I don't necessarily know if I agree with what I'm about to say, but I just want, I was just thinking about it when you were saying that. Think about it like this. I think Kofi's going to get, like you said, another chance at a world championship. Might not be now. Could be some point. But him losing the way he did, I feel like makes us still want that. Because maybe if he held it for a little longer than Valiantly lost it, we'll be like, ah, oh, Kofi had his chance. He had a great run. Instead, we're like, Kofi got screwed. I want him to do it again. So it kind of was like a book where it was like, you left the ending open and you're excited for the sequel as opposed to like, oh, maybe there'll be a sequel, whatever. I've already seen it. So... No, just something I was thinking about. Like I said, don't necessarily agree with it, but I think it's interesting. But one thing I'm surprised that you didn't go in direction with was about your boy Xavier Woods because you mentioned him being the unsung hero of the four men we talked about earlier, you know, with RK-Bro, Kofi, and him. He's been the unsung hero because he's a forgotten guy. I've been paying attention to him in those promos because, you know, I've wanted to see it for a while. I heal Xavier Woods, what that would look like, and obviously him ending the New Day and turning on Kofi would be pretty cool, so... I think that's also a possibility, which is, again, why I'm glad you brought this up as your hope, because I think there's a lot of ways that they can go with this, and I think it's fun. My hope, though, WrestleMania, we're going to an NXT portion of the program, baby, because my hope, I'm going to the Yellow Jackets, the black and yellow brand. Uh, you know what it is, NXT, NXT, NXT. By the way, NXT Hanover, YouTube, boy TJ, with Dom, former Mr. NXT, current Mr. NXT, head-to-head. NXT uh, takeover in your house from this weekend, so make sure you head over to the Jabberknocker YouTube. That's good shit, and that was actually part of the reason why my hope is about one Karrion Cross because he has been a much maligned guy since he pretty much got to NXT. I feel like he was like that in Impact too because he's a guy that he's been on the scene, he's been in the main event. It's because look at that motherfucker. He looks like a star. He walks like a star. He quacks like a star. He has Scarlet next to him and makes him even bigger star. So he's in the main event. So you ask him, like, well, what is there to hope for? Well, it's interesting because he's obviously undefeated in NXT. And everyone's just waiting being like, oh, when's he just going to go to the main roster? Main roster. Well, the way I look at this is Karrion Cross is one of those guys that 
he doesn't get to develop like in the shadows, much like guys like the Roman Reigns and stuff. Like they develop right in front of our eyes because he looks like a main event guy. So we're watching his growth and development in the main event, which means like a microscope on him bigger than most people. And it's been like that for the most part. Like, obviously, the match he got hurt against Keith Lee and was out. And then a lot of the matches we thought sucked. I thought his match with Finn Balor was one of the better matches of the year. Um, this Fatal Five Way, there were definitely some fun parts. And most of them were probably with him not in the match, which has kind of been like his thing. But my hope essentially is that I want Karrion Cross to hang around NXT for a while longer because I think this is a good place for him to grow, being the face of this brand, being a guy that's bigger than everyone around him. Because that's also another interesting discussion is when he goes up, we're going to see how big he actually looks with the other big boys. Still think he's a pretty big boy, but they won't be able to present him like they're fucking presenting him like he's Braun Strowman down there, like he's bigger than everyone. Which he is because NXT is the home of the cruiserweights, as you like to say. <laughs> but I want him to stay down there longer because I think there's a lot of opportunities for him to grow. I get like our boy Dom and a lot of other people's criticisms. I don't disagree with them. I actually agree with them. But at the same time, I want you to look at it being like, this guy is going to grow. He is going to get better. And I think... For him to have the best chance to succeed when he does eventually make it to the main roster is he's going to have to have these experiences with some good guys around him. We saw those four guys in the match. They're good people to grow with because they're all fucking vets in the ring, stallions in the ring. guy like Finn Balor was too. So I think NXT is the perfect place for Karrion Cross to really polish himself off, especially in the ring. Because we agree, that entrance, that character, that Scarlet, like everything around him, money, money, money. His look is money. All that is money. He just needs the wrestling to catch up. And I think he can. I think it will. He just needs time. So I want that time to remain in NXT. Let him be this dominant champion. Like Roman Reigns. Line him up. Notch him in the belt, baby. He got four notches on Sunday. Roman hasn't done that yet. So Karrion's got that going for him. But that's essentially my hope. And I'm curious your thoughts overall on Cross. Because, like I said, I get the criticism. But I think people need to be patient with him. Yeah, but you're asking, uh, 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 you're asking people to be mature. Which is not yeah, going to happen. You know, thing, people. I mean, how many? I mean, honestly, you you live in a culture now where they, it's an express lane. It, it they they want it now. They want me, me, me. People don't want to wait for anything. They didn't want to wait for a vaccine. They didn't want to wait. They don't want to wait for their dinner to be late. You know what I mean? Like that's why you have. I don't disagree. You know what I mean? Like people just want everything now. They want everything now, and and they wanted it yesterday. Regardless. How about so, this though? This is this is something else um, to think about. It took Roman Reigns a while, right, before we started appreciating them. Obviously, sure. he had good matches sooner than that, but there's another guy. So let's look at let's look at the Raw main event, and regardless of how bad it is right now, Drew McIntyre, this guy was fucking christened. Christened by Vince. He had everything, and every single thing Vince McMahon said about him was 100% right. It just took us a decade to get there. That's not a bad thing, but it just it was. He had to leave to do it. Bobby Lashley, another guy. Vince was right about him, too. Again, another guy. Just took a decade. Now look at him. Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre are living proof that sometimes you just got to be patient. And sometimes these failures make them better. So, you know, Cross taking all this criticism, I think it's only going to make him better because you know that guy's a worker. You can tell by his fucking chiseled body that man's a fucking worker. You know he's listening. And he, there's the people in NXT, they do a finer tune of training down there. It's not like the main roster where you just – you're so week to week with Triple H and his crew down there. They're helping these people grow. So that's why I don't want people to rush Cross out of there. And I don't disagree with you, but I think that when I look at Cross, so I, I did, uh, I had some extra time on I think Saturday, and I know it probably doesn't matter to anybody else, but I'll give you the crib notes. I ended up watching the NXT press conference in your house, Ooh. and uh, which I find fascinating because I'm always I don't watch a lot of UFC um, because I, I watch clips and stuff because I'm always fascinated by it, but I can't pay for it and I can't I'm not going to stream it. And I'm not going to do all this stuff. But I always love the pressures afterwards and the lead-ups before. I think they do a phenomenal job with that stuff. So the fact that NXT does that stuff, I was very, very inclined to watch. And they had this great part. There's three things that I took away from – well, I can't remember if they're all three. But, I mean, there's certain things I took away from the, the press conference right there, which was Gargano went out of his way to say, look, does Cross pass the airport test? Absolutely. You look at that guy in the airport and you go, that guy's got to be somebody. But then the bell rings and Johnny Gargano passes the ring test. And I was like, okay, great. Like the way that they said that made me believe that Johnny Gargano is going to probably get his one-on-one -on -one championship match against Cross at some point because of the way he did it. They also went out of their way for Cross to say something where he went, look, I don't plan on being in NXT forever, which I was like, Ugh. 
Okay, I get it. But he says, I'm not going to lose this championship. So maybe Cross doesn't lose it. He's just, you know, Samoa Joe or whoever. I forget who it was. Somebody got handed it and then lost it. I mean, it was a Keith, Keith yeah. Lee. Somebody like... 2022. 2022. You know, you know? but I think... Because I think that's one of those things. It's like, I, I actually kind of like that dig that he gave. Because think about the people in that match. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. You know, these are all guys that have been lifers in NXT or NXT UK. And three of the four have at least said publicly they don't want to go to the main right. roster. So... For Cross saying that, it's like, yeah, he has big aspirations. These other guys, they might not have those same aspirations. But that doesn't mean it's now. Like, that's the thing. 2022 could be the year of Cross. You know what I mean? But I think I just don't want it to be like, oh, my God, after SummerSlam, Vince needs him. You know no, what I, I mean? I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Yeah. I don't think that's necessary either. But the other thing that makes me nervous about the whole Cross thing is, and I, I, don't, I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm in the middle. I believe what you say. I can understand what some of the people on the Internet say. But I think the truth is somewhere in the middle where, I don't necessarily believe he's going to be WWE champion. Maybe ever. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I think he at... might have one in him. So he might have one of those reigns. But he's not somebody that I'm going to sit here and say he's the face of a company. Like I, I, I think no, right now. But how many guys have we said that about? No, no, no. And that's fine. That's fine. But the John way Cena, the Roman w- Reigns, Stone Cold, The Rock. So here's here's the issue for me. He's being portrayed as if he's the biggest thing since sliced bread right now. I think like. It depends. I guess NXT, at least, at least NXT can lean on the hat of, well, there's so many people who can be the, the face of NXT. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Champa, maybe Cross. I don't know, like the women, EO. Like, there's so many different things. To me, when I look at NXT, they can have certain 10-pole superstars, I guess is the best way to look at it. But there's one on Raw and SmackDown. There's just one. Like he said, you can be 1B, Mac, but there's only one. You know, and But we're talking about that one. When Roman Reigns is done WrestleMania, we might be having some pretty lofty comparisons with him. I'm not going to say them now because he has a long way to go. But if he keeps this wrestling thing going, there might not be many names, maybe not even a handful, that you can put on the level Roman Reigns is going to be at. So that's always the thing. This is always the issue I've had with wrestling fucking dorks being like, this guy, he's not good enough to be the next Stone Cold. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? No one in the history of wrestling has been good as Stone Cold. So if you're going to think they're going to be as good as Stone Cold, then guess what? You're going to be disappointed. It's There's the Stone Cold, the Rocks, the Cena's. Like, Reigns is up there. He's getting up there. That's fucking hard to do. You're not a failure if you don't make it there. Trust me. There's there's other tiers. Like, there's, like is Cross going to be on that level? Probably no. not. Because I don't think he has that charisma. But he can be on either a tier down from that or a tier down of that. And those tiers are all world champions. So I do think he has a very good chance to be one of those. See, that's fine. I, I, but to me, this is why I think I'll push so hard for Kofi to get another one. I think if you get more than one world title shot, like uh, not title shot, but one more one title reign to me versus plethora of reigns or having two or more, I guess is the best way to say it, you're in a different conversation to me. Like I love Braun. 100%. I love Braun. He got one. He got one. Yeah. He probably should you have had five. Two now, Nessel, the Miz. Right. So, like, Let's again. Go! But I'm, like I said, Kofi's going to get another one. He's going to be But there these, too. these are the things that I worry about when I think about Cross because I, when I look at NXT, he just seems so foreign. Like, he, like you, it almost feels like, and I think this is why it works because friction, you know, makes it better. But when you look at NXT, NXT is basically best of the indies. Like, they, they just picked all the amazing athletes that they could. Cruiserweights, as you like to say. What? Cruiserweights, as you like. Yeah, to well, say. most of them are cruiserweights. By the way, yeah. Adam Cole announced at two oh five. By the way, like Adam though. Adam Cole was was billed at two oh five, and I burst out laughing. Burst yeah. out laughing. By the way, here's a nervous tick that I've I've noticed about Adam Cole. Right. So you know how I used to make fun of Keith Lee with his promo delivery. Yeah. Well, he does the Yoda thing, like me wise, you know, whatever. And so I was what I I because I was listening to forty five minutes of these like ten people talking. And it bothered the fuck out of me that Adam Cole does this thing where he talks and he goes, eh, like he, he like revs up before he says something. And he's, and by the way, like he, 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 and he does this and it's like a nervous, like, I'm not done talking kind of thing. And I just went, and it, now when I see him talk, I'm waiting for him to hit that, like, uh, like he does it You're every the fucking time. worst. You really it, are. But it's, but listen, but here's the thing. Here's on the good side of it. At least if I ever want to do an impression of him, that means he's somebody because now I remember how to make an Adam Cole impression. So for me. Like, just like the Keith Lee thing, at the very least, Adam Cole can talk my way into, yes, I'll give my money over to you because you're fucking awesome. But I've never noticed that about Adam Cole when he goes, eh. 
He's like, and I'm not done. And this is why. And uh, like, it just sounds bizarre to me. So next time you're watching Adam Cole, I've ruined Adam Cole for all of you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck so there you go. Anyway, I don't know where the hell we are. Are we in the comeback yet? We're going to the comeback. All right. NXT comeback, baby. The Million Dollar Championship is back, baby. And it's getting my comeback. And it is on the waist of L.A. Knight. I mean, I looked at this. I thought Grimes was going to win. I wanted Grimes to win. But at the same time, there was no losing bet in this match. Because whoever won, this championship is back. And it's going to look good around their waist. It's on the heel. It's on L.A. Knight. And you know what, dude, this guy is coming NXT, and he has talked his way into my heart, and I love it. He's wearing gold. This has been one of the most fun storylines of the year. One of, I think, the more fun storylines in NXT the last couple of years. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a blast. It's probably not over. But uh, the Million Dollar Championship deserves my comeback. And both those guys, this is my favorite match of the night, uh, was the ladder match, because you know I'm a ladder match guy anyways. But And I was into this, so... This is my favorite match of the night. Uh, we'll probably talk about that quickly later, but uh, that's the one that was for me. LA Knight's definitely a throwback. He's definitely a throwback. He worked well in NWA, I thought. That was kind of his where he should have stayed because he, he is just... As much as you look at the guy, he's just not a WWE wrestler right now, like in this era, but it doesn't yeah, matter because the character is just... He's a Monday just, Night Raw guy, yeah, though, he is. because yeah. Knight can do five segments. He can do backstage segments. Oh, yeah. He can host talk shows. He can wear the shades. He's a light. He's Miz light. He's a light version of the Miz. Here's the other thing too: is when I see L.A. Knight when he does like, because his his theme song seems like it's a late night show. I'm I'm waiting for him to get his own desk and like get a sidekick and have like a talk show because that's what he needs either on NXT or up top. Like late night with L.A. Knight is what you need to do. Like you know, like or up all night or something with night in it. Like it just makes total sense. Like you know what I mean? Night and day. You can do all sorts of stuff. I, I got a million of them, but it's just it's bizarre to me how impressive he is on the microphone and then i watched that ladder match in my opinion and i went wow grimes is really killing himself like really killing himself and la knight just like couldn't hang with them it was just basically grimes like climbing and jumping and, and landing places to make this entire thing worth watching in my opinion so for me it made me a bigger cameron grimes fan because i went to the moon! he's so much and the fact that la knight was like i'm throwing you to the moon like he had to steal everything like so magic, for me, it, it is there's a there's a magic person somewhere in Cameron Grimes, and he's I I, I don't want I don't want Cameron Grimes to go to WWE because he's just gonna be Heath Slater once he gets to the main roster. He's gonna be CJ Parker, yeah. Heath Slater. He's gonna be like all my favorites. Yeah. He's gonna end up in a comedic role. And yeah. He's gonna get his head smashed with pumpkins. But you know, right right now in NXT, <laughs> stud. My comeback goes to NXT as well because Todd Pettengill on just. The end, the whole part, like, you didn't even get to see the press conference, but he was so great doing the, the beginning of the press conference. He was, like, super serious, and then he introduced Wade Barrett, and Wade Barrett was just like, all right, the 12-year-old in me right now is freaking out. Todd Pettengill just announced me and, like, make me want to buy a house. You know, like, it was just hysterical. Then you get to the whole, like, the cutbacks that they did during NXT uh, in your house, the VCR gimmick with what's-her-name Mackenzie. Like, I started laughing when I saw that. I think he's... He's somebody, like, I know they only get him for in-your-houses and stuff, but here's what I would want, because I, I, obviously, I was a big, big WWF fan, I guess, in the 90s, and I watched a lot of wrestling, and Todd Pettengill is such a professional. He's so good, they put him in the, in the 30 minutes before the pay-per-view, in the pay-per-view, after the pay-per-view, he just could sell you a pay-per-view. Now, granted... He did a great job. He's a good broadcast professional. And I think having him teach a class to all of the NXT people about how to present yourself professionally, as more importantly, the on-air talent that are not wrestlers, if they could pick his brain and he could teach a class in NXT, I would listen to that guy all day long because he knows how to make you believe that you need to give your money up to go watch this thing and how fantastic. He may not even know half these people's names, but he makes you believe how special what you're about to watch was. And honestly, In Your House wasn't that special. But he made it feel that special because that's that's what he does. And I, I have such a soft spot for this guy. But like I said, that's where I would love to see it. So he gets my comeback. I just, I adore the gentleman. I think he's a national treasure in WWE. I just, I can't say enough good things about him. And I, I want to study that guy more and more the more I watch him. It's great. Nessa wants to study him, so there you go. But that is, I agree, great comeback. We head to the big finish, and 
We're going to get to Hell in a Cell predictions in a moment, but once again, we're going to give our quick thoughts here on NXT TakeOver. Like I said, NXT Hangover with TJ and Dom on YouTube. Job and off on YouTube. Check it out. It's good shit. But Nestlemania, um, we obviously already talked about Cross. We talked about the ladder match. We don't really need to touch on those, but uh, two things I want to hit on quickly is uh, I heard a little rumor that your favorite match of the night might have been a six-man tag. I can either f- confirm nor deny that. It I... was, damn it! And you know why it was WrestleMania? Because I heard a little sizzle in this match. Because it had stakes! They gave us six-man tag stakes! Winner-take-all matches. I Literally, I feel like forever I've been saying, like, oh, they could do a winner-takes-all match here, and they never do it. This one came out of nowhere. They gave it to us. It was Nestle's favorite match of the card. Nestle hashtag love six-man tag. That's whatever. We're not going to talk about Zyle Mercedes Martinez, because that was straight trash, homie. Gonzalez beat Moon. Great. Matching the belt. Um, but the other big theme, quickly, that I do want to hit on with you is that uh, William Regal teases that he's stepping down. Samoa Joe is the rumor. What say you? I always find it odd. And I think a lot of people are boned up for Samoa Joe. I am not. And here's why. For me, Samoa Joe sells me on the physicality. He can't be physical. That's exactly how I feel about it. He can't He can't do anything to cross unless he can wrestle and, like, wrestle his way and be a commissioner. I don't care. Like, for me, the whole point of Samoa Joe is just like, oh, he's going to be an authority figure that people are going to believe in. Like, I believe in William Regal. There's an outpour of, of, of people wanting William Regal to stay the commissioner of NXT. I mean, he's an old man. He might want to go sit on a beach, man. If that's what he wants to do, let him do it. No, I know, and that's fine. But, I mean, like, everybody's like, oh, War Games is not going to be the same without him. Like, just be a satellite. War Games! You know, but... He could be the Todd Pattengill yeah, of War Games. There you go. So, fine, you fix that. No, but, like, for me, like, I don't care about Samoa Joe being like, ah! Oh, like, think about him yelling, Wendy! Like, all that stuff. It, to me, it seems like a neutered pet you're dragging out. Like, it doesn't mean anything to me. It makes absolutely no goddamn sense to me at all. Like, I got, why? Why? Like, are, are you excited if he's the GM? Because I'm not. Uh, well, honestly, when you look at things, like, I don't. It I'm adds not super nothing. I don't hate it, but it's just it's one of those things, like, I really liked him on commentary. So I would think that he clearly is pretty polished. I think he could grow into being a good role. Because, hey, when William Regal first started, like, besides the accent, we probably were like, yeah, this is weird. And he kind of grew into it. And he became, like, one of our favorite, like, GM characters of all time. I mean, the dude's been doing it for, what, seven or eight years? That's fucking incredible. That never happens. Because even the good ones, like the Bischoff, it was like short-term, go away, come back. Like, Regal legitimately, like, did it. But, so, you know, maybe it's something, I think Samoa Joe is good enough and smart enough and knows the business enough that he could grow into it that I'd be willing to give it a chance. But I do agree with you. I think he's going to come in, get served up to cross to be a little, little dinner, put that notch on his belt, and then retire into, like, a commissioner role. So, I think they could do worse. It's pretty I'm much just, I'm not sold on it. I think it's a, I think. Yeah. Shocker. Mm-hmm. You're not sold on it. I'm not. It. I'm shocked. Sorry. It's just not worth my well, time. guess what, Nestlemania? You, me, hell in a cell right now. But we're not going to wrestle because we all know I'd win that match. But there's only five matches booked so far, which means there'll probably be more. Which means, guess what you motherfuckers got to do? Jobberknocker.com for the staff predictions and the rest of our predictions for the rest of this card. They'll be up as we get closer to the weekend, likely after SmackDown. I think TJ usually puts them up, but we will pick. The five matches booked right now. And first up, we have the Nestle match over a doll. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler with Nia Jackson Reginald, who you got. Alexa Bliss for the block and the win. That's a like Hollywood it. Squares it. reference. Have you, you don't even know what Hollywood Squares is. I, I, I know what Hollywood Squares is, motherfucker. I've seen that show. Do you even own a TV? Up. Did you say Bliss? Uh, I said, yeah, Bliss. Okay. Is that a, is that a real thing? We're picking Shayna. What are you, nuts? Hey, Next well, up. if we ask Ray, maybe Ray will put in. Next Shay- up. Jesus. I just wanted to see if you'd actually stop. Wow, I'm proud of you. Um, singles match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca, Bianca Belair defends against Bailey. I mean, it's Bianca, but uh, yeah, I mean she's on her own against the wall. Yeah. Against the wall, hair whips. Give me the hair whips. Uh, next up, singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley defends against Charlotte Flair in a WrestleMania rematch from two years ago now. Um, I actually, even though this feud is the drizzling shits, I'm excited to see these two in a ring again because I believe Charlotte said it in her promo. They, she knows they're going to steal the show because she knows she's the best and she knows Rhea is damn good in the ring. I agree with that. Uh, this is the toughest one, I think, to predict on the card, but WrestleMania, because I want Eva Marie to take the title off of Rhea. I'm picking Rhea to retain somehow. Maybe I don't know how, but Rhea's going to retain. 
Well, this is the thing for me. I think the rest of this is pretty self-explanatory, the pay-per-view wise. And I just, I, I just, for this. I just, I clean sweeped NXT in your, in your house, by the way. So perfect five for five for your boy Nestlemania. Special shout out to me because I'm awesome. Uh, but I, I'm sitting here going, you picked Rhea. I got to pick Charlotte because do it. I'm gonna pick Charlotte. I don't know why. I don't know why. But here's the thing. What if Eva Marie beats Charlotte Flair? Biggest babyface reaction ever. Um, I, I mean, that would make Piper. Either well, that's why I said either way. Like whether. It's she feuds with Rhea now as champion or non-champion, like it works. So that's why this is 50-50. I like it that we're split. Next up, um, we're probably not going to main event because Roman Reigns is on the show. Bobby Lashley with MVP defending against Drew McIntyre in a last chance Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. The best part of this match is that it's almost fucking over. Lashley, put a nail in this motherfucker's coffin. I don't have a witty retort about some Scottish ancestry, so... You know, Lashley. That's the way I look at it. We're both picking Lashley. (laughs) We're picking Lashley because for the love of God, end it. Yeah, thank God. And now, main event Roman Reigns defends against Booyaka Booyaka 619 Rey Mysterio with Dominic Mysterio. Reigns is obviously winning, but uh, there's going to be something that goes on either during this match or after this match with some Usos probably, so... uh, yeah, I'm excited for it, but give me Reigns. Hold on, okay, I'll give you Reigns. I'll pick Roman Reigns as well because you can't go against Mr. Ua at this point. He's just got he's just got too much. He's got too much. So here's the thing. I'm going to add another match. I think it's going to be AJ Styles and Omas against your boys, the Viking Raiders, I think. Yeah, and if it is, it's going to be AJ and Omas. Right, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, because I and think... And if they do an RK-Bro New Day rematch, it's going to be RK-Bro. If they do a... SmackDown. Nope, they're not because they're the champs. If they do Apollo Crews versus someone, it's going to be Apollo Crews. If they do Sheamus, well, they can't because he has a fucking busted face. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. If they do Natalia Tamina, oh, you better check out Jabberknocker.com because <laughs> Mandy Rose may be a tag team champion, baby. Let's go! I got I to ask you very quickly. Since they wore the same outfit, why don't you think Dana looks good in it? But it's all about Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is the biggest star in the company. So Mandy Rose is just like Daniel Bryan and Kane both wanted to be the tag team champions on their own. That's how I feel like Mandy. Mandy's the tag team champion. Dana's just holding the other belt. You just upset me so much with that whole like, you're a Dana shamer. That's what you are. You're a Dana shamer. I'm a a Mandy elevator. No, no, no. You forget the tag team. You're the one who's trying to retroactively shame Dana. I'm doing nothing of this sort. I'm not shaming her. I'm just boosting up Mandy, the biggest star in the company. And you're going out of your way. To pick apart. Listen, you're the one. You're the Dana. one talking about how good her outfit is when Dana wears the exact same outfit. So yeah. really, you're just saying uh, yeah. that Dana doesn't because look as good as Mandy. Again, no, 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 I didn't. I said Mandy looks great. I didn't say anything about Dana. You can, you, if you want to scribble between the lines, that's whatever you want, man. My message is clear. Hey, hey, that subtext, always in the shine. Mandy Rose, absolute stud. Subtext matters, okay? Between the lines matters. You won't see hey. what I'm doing right now, but it you know. It doesn't matter what you say. On that note, I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah, um, give us, oh, by the way, Apple Podcasts, fucking super fucked up now with their new update. But So if you listen there, just make sure you have it downloaded when you listen. We appreciate it. But five stars, five flames, whatever you got to do, review in all the places that you do listen. Um, like I said, NXT Hangover on YouTube. Staff, Twitter handles in the description. Follow everyone. Tweet everyone. We have some good discussions on there. Um, so check out the boys. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to be on social media. Jobberknocker.com, like we said, weekly shit, slam dunk. Predictions, slam dunk. All that shit, good shit, all the shit, yeah. All right, well, he's done, so that means I have to get this done. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoy Hell in a Cell, and we'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs>